everyone. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Iconist Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your hosts, Barry 3D Carter. Deep, dark, and delicious. Sprinkles. And I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> my homeboy, my best friend, the DJ that's keeping <sighs> rocking all the time. And if you ain't checking him out to keep your movie, you know, keep your, your moves going, why not? Who am I talking about? The one and only. DJ Rod C. Good day, good afternoon, good morning to everyone around the world. Welcome to another episode of Iconist. Because the icon is hold up. I, I had not- him crack it up with sprinkles, so this went through. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that one. Uh, you know, so we're gonna get to who the icon is. But before that, we got to do the round table. So one, you got to check myself out, Barry3D, Barry3D.com. That's my website. You can see everything I'm doing with this show, everywhere I'm going to be touring around, do stand-up comedy like usual. A lot of times I'm not doing stand-up comedy alone. So keep an eye out for a touch of gray matter. That is myself, Dave Sokolowski, and Zolf Ali. We are doing shows, got some shows planned up for the coming year. Uh, you know, once the kids are back in school, we're out there doing the fundraisers and live shows. So come check us out. It's always a good laugh with everybody. And we have special guests on at times. Can't go wrong. Also, on top of that, got to respect the books. You got to buy the books because the books give us topics to talk about. So here we go. You got to go to your comic book stores. And the one you got to hit out is Wow Comics out in Kitchener with Wes. Tell him we said hi. Ramon. Chris and Sydney. Those are our boys. Tell them the Iconist podcast said hi. They'll hook you up. Also, if you're out in Montreal for our fans there, please go and check out Check Swings on the on South Shore. Go and see Trevor, see uh, uh, Dom, Pierre, and and and, and Dom. Or, yes, so there's two Doms yeah. that work there. I'm about to say, so tell Dom those guys Doms. we all said hi. Support mm. the books. Yes, on top of another fan that supports the show and a friend of the show is Brandy Ford. So you can check her out. The link is below for the writer and the wit. And you can see her or hear her at 4860Q.com. So it's an AM station. She's got her show on uh, Saturdays, Mondays, and Wednesdays called Off Topic with Brandy Ford. Very funny. Uh, we're going to be on there. We're going to work out some dates to kind of get ourselves out there and be on another episode there with her. Woo! I think I got it covered. Oh, snap. Except for? Except for our secret weapon, our hidden guy. Okay, we get down to this. Here's a couple of things. If you want to do a podcast yourself, you got to jump on Podbean. I think that's what we use. There's a lot of hosting sites for your podcast. We use Podbean. It's the one that's the easiest one to use. It's really cost effective and, you know, easy to learn, I should say, cost effective and makes the whole journey a lot easier to do the podcast. Also... Hmm. If you've got a podcast, you're gonna need some. You're gonna need some artwork. You're gonna need some graphics. You need some logos. You gotta reach out to the man, the myth, the legend, the hidden member. Who am I talking about, Rod? J Bird Digital Art. Jason Reese, J Bird Digital Art. You hook him. You give him a shout. You tell him you heard about him here on the Iconist podcast, and he'll give you a discount. Yeah. On the work that you need to get done to launch your own project, be it if it's something online or live. You don't miss out. Yeah. Don't miss out. Right on, Jay. He's a huge fan of the show. We love it. Also, I hope you guys have been checking out the unboxing videos we've been doing here on the our YouTube channel. If not, please check them out. Yeah. Like, subscribe, and share. Rate and review. All this helps us out bit by bit. And we appreciate everyone that's on there on our social media. There's one person uh, um Patrice Reed. So Patrice, thank you all the time for liking our videos and 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 doing all that you do. We I, I see it. I, I love it. And then you know people that put their comments in there. And also on our YouTube page, 
we have a community tab. So we've got some polls there. We've got pictures there. Comment, you know, I always interact with anyone that writes in there. So, you know, write if it's on the show or about the show. I'm always good to say, hey, thumbs up and always give my opinion on stuff like that. So I think we've covered all that round table. I, I think I think so. Uh, Patrice Reed, um, that's the one that that that, that he, he, he puts on. He says hello on here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, P. I'll be watching you for a minute. I know P. Yeah. You know P. Yeah. 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 No, I wasn't sure if you remember P. You know P. You know P. Yeah. You know yeah, P. I know you. yeah, P's not wondering like, so I say my name so many times, man. I got more letters than that. Yeah, I'm only saying the one letter P. Right. P. So Patrice, yeah. So every time our things yeah. go up on our <laughs> Facebook page, so we have an iconist Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Patrice always is giving a like there. So that support does not go unseen. Um, you know, I'll, I'll mention a couple of topics real quick. So as I said, I did an unboxing video for the, the Manelian Falcon. We did oh, one on Wonder Woman and her invisible jet. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we have one also for Batman, um, and the Batwing from the Kenner line. So, you know, thank you everyone for those comments that are still coming in. And, and I'll say, you know, for anyone that's it, it interacts all the time. It's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It makes the channel more. So come on now, keep, keep it going. And we just want to, we, we've got a, a few subscribers. We want to hit that 500 mark of our subscribers on our YouTube page and on our Podbean. So click, click, click. All that helps. I really got that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't go, can't go wrong with that, man. It's, that's got to love. And, and you know what? And I'm going to be nice. I'm going to shout out one other person. Cause do it. Cause on our Podbean page, we do have one guy that's, that's following us on Podbean. And he goes by the barn. So, you know, uh, mm. yeah, you know, so he's on there. Uh, he, he's just on there as the barn. And you know what? Um, I see the handlebar mustache. Friggin' awesome. Thank you for following our show. So, you know who you are. Appreciate that. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, Rod. Mm-hmm. So today on the Iconist mm. podcast, the mm. icon is. Clayface, here we go from DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Rod, now you, yeah, you put on a good one, dear Rod. You uh, like usually I'm like, uh, hey man, okay, who are we talking about? You know, off camera, and then Rod's like, hey, we got to do Clayface, and I'm like, yeah, I like Clayface. That's cool. And then we do, you know, I'm going back, and I'm like, wait a minute. Now me and Rod didn't talk before, and I'm like, because Rod was going through Caravan, I was doing some shows, and he mentioned Clayface. My mistake. I didn't ask him which Clayface. He just kind of make an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. We get online and I said, okay, so which clay face we're doing? I said, okay, I guess that's true. We will we will discuss uh, a couple of them because we're yeah. finding out there's multiple clay faces. Wow! Just saying. As 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 the song goes, the beat goes on, the list goes on and on <laughs> and on. Oh yeah, okay. So there, there, there's, there's about like five, seven different clay faces. But we're, we're gonna, and, and, and you know, I'm not sure which ones Rod's gonna touch on. I know which one is what I'm gonna touch on. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, we're gonna touch on really the first clay face, real quick, right? That's right. that's where I'm gonna because this is what the show's all about: yeah. fan casting, and of course, getting back to the beginning. So we are gonna fan cast, you know, who we pick and so forth with our reasons why. So right. just to know, Clayface made his first appearance in Detective Comics number forty in. June 1940. 
Does that make Clayface a Gemini? Are they trying to say Clayface is Two Face? Yo, yo. Here's the setup. Here's the setup. Yo. Here's the setup. Here's the setup. I'm seeing it. I'm hearing it. And they're ahead. trying to say that I'm Clayface. Let me tell you something. There right? we uh, go. There. I, we I go. couldn't. I couldn't be Clayface. I couldn't. I couldn't be Clay. Well, well, well. Yeah, you know, you I don't like dirt. You could. Yeah. You're right. Right. You know, they made me. But I don't the ability, the, the the ability that's come with Clayface. Yeah, I can go. I can go from hot to funny in in sixty seconds, and and vice versa. So yeah, that's all right. He's a Gemini. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he he's a Gemini. So that's what he made his first um, parents was as I said, nineteen forty. So he was created by, um, you know, uh, Bob Bill Kane, Bob and, and Bill Finger. Exactly, yeah. Bill Finger. Bill Finger. A lot of times, Bill's you know importance to the to Batman's mythos has been kind of erased for many, many mm-hmm. years. And it's only come out the past good number of years has now come out really to the forefront that people know it's Bob Kane and Bill Finger. So just to give you the importance of how the two of them needed each other, in my opinion, was Bob Kane did have Batman drawn out. He was listening to uh, the popularity of Superman when Superman first came out. I said, that's amazing. DC put out, you know, our, uh, you know, detective comics at the time put out saying, we want more superheroes along the genre of Superman because it's really doing well for us and making us those dividends and giving us, you, mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, everyone's making money. And Bob Kane said, yeah, all in, I can do this. And Bob Kane went back and he was influenced by uh, some movies he saw. At the time, he was influenced by you know, this movie called The Bat. He was a movie influenced by uh, uh, Da Vinci, you know, when making the flying wings and so forth. And he made his Bat character. So he made Batman. And the first Batman drawing that Bob Kane did, he only had a mask like Robin wears over his eyes. He had on a red costume with like black tights. He looked yep. more like Robin than he did Batman, if you really think about it. With the, mm-hmm. the, the same wings that you'd see on that first appearance of Batman, and they looked at it and said, mm, okay, what's his backstory? And Bob Kane, sorry, yeah, Bob Kane turned around and said, I don't know what his backstory is, it's just Batman. He goes, no, he needs a backstory. And Bill Finger, the writer, turned around and said, okay, well, first and foremost, what's with the bright colors? Let's make it all black and dark colors. So the black and the grays came in there. Let's give him a full cowl. So he redid the look of Batman. We know currently what he, generally what he looked like today. Gave him the backstory right. of being Bruce Wayne, his parents being killed off in the alley. So Bob Kane did the look. Bill Finger created the backstory, the motivation for Bruce Wayne, and in essence, also created a lot of his early villains, Joker. You know, um, and and and, and there's more, but right, but I and I can't remember off my heart, so I don't want to misquote anything. But we know for sure. Clayface was one of them, the original Clayface, because they were inspired by the movie. So this is why we are talking about Clayface today. And, and, you know, he's got many. So the first one was Basil Harlow, that Clayface, Detective Comics, number 40 in June 1940. That's when he came up, created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. So we're going to represent by giving the proper credit or credit is due first and foremost. Right on. And he mm. was around for many, many, many an issue. And of course, then when things got updated by DC, and they wanted to give the heroes a, um, and I always confuse it. Now, would that be considered the Golden Age or the Bronze Age when they brought in Barry Allen? 
And Broad Mountain, it'll be this, this is silver. Silver Age, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Silver Age. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So during the Silver Age, they bring in, you know, Barry Allen. So Jay Garrick stopped being the Flash. Barry Allen, well, not stopped, but I mean, Jay Garrick was a Flash in those stories and they wanted to kind of revamp. So retired. now we get Earth. Yep. Yeah. Retired Earth One, Earth Two. Here it comes. We got Barry Allen becoming the Flash. That was the Silver Age. And during that, a lot of people kind of got the revamp. And one of them was Clayface. Mm-hmm. And Clayface made his other debut, um, you know, as Hagen, as Matt Hagen in mm-hmm. Detective Comics issue 298 in 1961. So 21 years later, the name is still there. And the character mm-hmm. comes back. So keep in mind, first appearance was Detective Comics 40, and then, and the comics are published every month. And now here we are at Detective, Detective Comics issue 298. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Over a decade. Over a decade, you know, before we before they had a uh a changeover, a passing of the torch, basically. Ten yes. years. Yeah. How many issues per those per, yeah, that's a lot. As you can tell yeah. by the numbers. Just yeah. that, that that's a whole lot, you know. That that's like that's a twenty one year difference. Here we go. You know, the math is right there in front of us. So there's other heroes, I'm sorry, there's other people that have taken on the, the role of Clayface multiple times. But I think the one, in my opinion, personally, is Matt Hagen's the one we know. So, you know, uh, Basil uh, Basil Carlo was more mm-hmm. influenced by the knight of the opera. He was an actor. Thespian. Yeah. He was wrong. <laughs> so the influence for this character was really Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn today. Phantom of the Opera, ongoing play to now on Broadway, off-Broadway, worldwide movies. You know, you see the character is disfigured. He puts on a, the white mask to cover mm-hmm. the disfigurement on half his face. And he goes out there dressed, you know, in suit and tuxedo with a cape and top hat. That, that was his influence. Um, uh, Basil was they're trying to make it. But, you know, things weren't coming through his way and, it, you know, wasn't making the money he was hoping to make. So he would mm-hmm. put on a clay mask portraying a character that he played in a movie, which was a horror movie. He would put on this clay mask and go there and commit crimes and not so much just because he wanted to kill people. No, it was really getting that money. He's trying to rob people. And then, of course, while you're doing, you know, wrongness in Gotham, you're about to meet the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, so what, what was your impression on on Clayface? I mean, when he first on started, Clayface? yeah. Well, <clears throat> you're right. Basil Basil Car- Car- Carlo was just the he was more of the thespian type of jilted. He's a jilted actor who yes. basically wanted to, uh, you know, you know. Right, the wrongs that he thought was, you know, he, that was against him, and then you got to think about it. Also, this is the 1940s, so in that regard, you know, you're not going to get no major crime spree type of scheme, you know, you know, to a certain degree. The most they will mm-hmm. have is like, okay, I'm going to rob banks, um, going to get away, go back to my little clubhouse, whatever. And as per Basil, he was also. Again, the main thing for him was just trying to make that money, trying to get as much money as possible type of scenario. 
But then he shows that, you know, that later on he began, you know, killing actors playing the character. What was it? He began killing the, the killing the actors playing the character he killed in order and the way they died in the film along with someone he knew who knew his identity. So basically, yes, he was just so involved in that particular character that basically he just mentally snapped in a sense of realizing, like, I, I, I'm not, no one's accepting me as Basil. But I shall be Clefis. And then basically just, you know, become another persona, I go along that line. So Basil's a very interesting individual. I'm going to come back to him later on. Hmm. Um, and, and another another part, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back later. But Basil, to me, is a very interesting character. But again, I also got to take in consideration understand the time that he was created that type of character what he per- what he perceived to us as readers realizing that now we will look at him and think yeah he was he was just a thief type you know a bank robber type of but at that time everybody was always towing a line being good said so when you did when you did wrong you went all in bank robber was like one of the top things minus taking someone's life right want to be a it was a, it was wonderful, hilarious, hilarious in that in that sense. In the you, days you, of old, yeah, you nailed it right there. This and this is why I love comics, man. This is this is why I love you know. I'm not trying to brag, but this is why I love our show because we come up with these ideas and concepts for your for everyone that's listening. So you're hearing what Rod's saying right now about Basil, yeah. the actor, taking out other actors because they portrayed him in remakes. Let's look in today's age. You ever watch Scream? You ever watch Saw? You're trying to tell me that this is not very similar to what Scream and Saw could have been? Really look at Scream. You look at the Scream movies, right? And I I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen, you know, the first couple of ones when they came out. So Mm -hmm. it's it's got its differences, but it's got its similarities. You have Mm -hmm. two kids that start off playing a serial killer in the mask and Scream and all that. Because they're watching Serial Killer on, T- on on the movie, and they're like, oh, we want to reenact that. Now, they're bringing it so copycat killers, as they would call them in the, in the, the news. Right. You're trying to tell me back in 1941, this guy became a copycat killer? That's the storyline? And before you say that storyline can't work, if you watch Scream and you, and you put dollars in their pockets because you went to the Scream movies, you downloaded the DVDs, or, or what, sorry, not downloaded, but I mean you watched the DVDs, you downloaded it and streamed it or whatever, and you watch any of the Scream franchise – you would have liked, you know, Basil Carlo story if it got portrayed out a certain way. Like, how, like that's mm-hmm. how deep it is. Like, everyone says, oh, man. So and you're looking at it. Like, he's turned around. He's played a character. Okay. And now someone else has been recast as the actor. Like, Wesley Snipes was Blade, and now he's been recast because there's a new actor playing Blade. Okay. Right. Spider-Man. Let's look at Spider-Man. Spider-Man started off mm-hmm. as Tobey Maguire, and then he got recast as Andrew Garfield, and got recast as, um, oh my gosh, I, I can't remember his name mm-hmm. right now. Andrew Garfield. It was Andrew Garfield, and then the newest, the, the latest one was... Oh, Tom Holland. Sorry, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, thank you, right. So, Tom Holland. So, can you picture now that, in a horror sense, that Tobey Maguire is sitting at home going, they recast me? They recast me? I'm going to put on a black Spider-Man costume. Like, you know, Secret Wars crossover or Secret War, yeah. uh, you know, Secret Wars volume one, the, the, the series. And I'm going to go and hunt down other two actors that played me 
in the Spider-Man movie. Commit crimes. Until you said that right now? Wow. That's 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 real. Toby. It's okay, my friend. Don't worry about it, man. We got you back, man. We got you back. It's okay, Toby. I ain't okay. saying I ain't saying that he's a killer. I'm just saying that's the concept of what of what it is, right? Oh, I like know. I mean, if you think about it, that that's exactly what Basil did. Basil's like, hey, I played mm-hmm. Clayface. The studio said, okay, it's great, but you know, uh, we want someone younger to play him because we want to reboot him, we want to revamp him, we want to reintroduce your Clayface character that you made famous, your most famous role. We're gonna get this other actor to do it. Well, can I get a part in the movie? No, we good. There's no passing of the torch. Uh, really? One bad day. <laughs> Snap. He puts on the clay face mask he wore in the original movie, goes and finds the the actor that's doing the revamp of him. Catch him wow. on the red carpet. Catch him, you know, it's like when he's on the red carpet and he walks away, he's like, hey guys, I'm just going to go and use the bathroom. Like they didn't scream. <laughs> you know, and it's like um, the new clay face actor was found, you know, dead in a stall don't know what happened you know with the movie okay right 1941 because detective comics dealt with stories where you had to think and be a detective it wasn't action mm-hmm. comics even though they're yeah. both under DC detective comics really made people go through the pulp genre because that's where they were writing from. They were writing from a pulp genre kind of thing. So mm. it was all stories. Prior to Detective Comics having Batman, for example, they used to have police stories, private eye stories, and mm-hmm. things where you would have to put clues together like a detective, henceforth the name of the comic book. Sometimes to get away from, from that a little bit, but that was the true essence of it. Okay, Basil Carlo, there we go. Boom. All right, I, I love that storyline. This is why I love comics, because... Mm. When people say some things can't work today, you know you already watched it, right? If you watch Scream, you already watched it. If you watch uh, Saw franchise, if you watch Saw, you, you've already gone through what this character could be. Hey, Matt Reeves, can you do that in Batman? And I'm not being, I'm not being, you know, I'm being real on this one. I'm not being, like, trying to crack a joke about it. You know, in the Batman movie, Great. Uh, Robert Patterson plays more of a detective side of Batman than we've seen previously. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. But that's the Batman that got introduced to the audiences back then. But right. the one that we, myself, that I'm more familiar with is the 1961 version, Matt Hagen, mm-hmm. who, you know, drops into some protoplasm because everyone's either dropping in protoplasm getting stunned by radioactive animals or it's cosmic radiation or it's a horrible explosion and they survive with a new power. It's something traumatic that way. It's like almost a rebirth coming through. Like, I mean, you know, that's almost like how the writers portray birth at one point, that it's a traumatic experience being born and coming into the world. And then the first thing you do is like, I see lights, this guy in the mask, why is he spanking me? Who is you? What? Okay. This is what my parents look like. Oh, Oh, okay yeah. then. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> so it's a traumatic experience for a child if you look at it from a child's point of view, right? I'm not trying to get graphic about it. Yeah. But from a child's no, no, point no, of no. view, it's like, push, push. <laughs> What's this tube in my mouth? Why you think <laughs> things off me? It's knocking me. There's a man in a mask. There's a light. No wonder Stewie Griffin was pissed off when he was born. 
the man in the mask. Nice. I get the hell, the man in the mask. He's come for me. <laughs> Interesting. Very nice. Very nice. So, yeah, right. So it brings us to like you know Matt Hagen, which was mm-hmm. the second Clayface, and I think that's the one I said that I identify with because that's the one that fell into the, pro- uh, the protoplasm accident mm-hmm. and then got the shape shifting powers that right. we've seen up to now. Right. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So now, now, what's your your sense there on Matt Hagen? So Matt Hagen, yes, I will admit that I did read Matt Hagen in Batman, you know, early comics and stuff like that. But I will say that I'm sure you're probably leaning towards the side of it. The Matt Hagen that I got more accustomed to was the Matt Hagen from the Batman animated series. Correct. Right. And when you start to see, if you're doing a comparing, you can see that they've kind of just changed his backstory up slightly different, well, mm-hmm. slightly, a, a majorly different with that. But it made it a little bit more, at least for the time, because again, when the, when the bat, I mean, the, the comic version came out in 1960. Yeah. So, you know, you got to give, like Barry just saying, you're going to have the type of lore of explosions, chemical waste, you know, you know, some type of drop in, in a proto, you know, protoplasm, you know, some tested something. And like, oh, technically that's supposed to wipe off. That shouldn't be staying on your skin. Um, sorry, right, Mac, you stay here for a second. Uh, we'll be right back. Hazards, oh no. <sighs> you know, that type <laughs> of scenario. <laughs> they weren't ready for that. Um, but definitely the I'm sure Barry will get will get into it, but at least in the sense of difference between the different uh originalities of who the character was. Um the 61, 1961 version versus the animated version that, you know, I, I've grown to love. And it gives you that understanding of the sh- shape shape ship. Shifting powers that Matt has, and realizing that, like, your lim- the limit is your own imagination. To me, sometimes if you realize the power that he has, we're shifting right now, but he basically has the clay version powers of the Green Lantern ring. Wow, if you think about it. He has the ability wow. to basically shape shift his body into just about anything. And the best thing about it, he can condense himself, you know, dense himself up to be much more solid or make himself more liquid that he can pass through items and, you know, objects, you know, holes and on the cracks and everything like that. When you look at the power that he has, it's. I will just leave it at that. We'll come right yeah. back. Oh, yeah. What else you guys say about that? I think so. So you know, I like Boris, and I and I always and I mean, there was one comic that I remember reading, Detective Comics. Um, I can't remember the issue offhand. But I'll look it. I'll look it up, and I'll I'll try to put the picture on there. But it's a beautiful picture with all the clay faces together, and it was the art was done mm-hmm. by he's passed away now by by Norm Borfogle, Borfogle, uh, uh, you know, Borfogle, um, and his art. He was one that put all the clay faces together in a storyline mm-hmm. that was about time because a lot of them are still existing. So he brought back, you know, you know, Matt Hagen's in it, uh, Basil Carlos in it and all the ones who took that name after the powers after the various ones. It was almost like a clay face war. 
Beautiful. Right. So what I think about Matt Hagen is you're right. He's the one we identify the most. He's the one we see portrayed and drawn the most. He's got the big hulking body as it's evolved over time. It started off more like he's just a normal man made of clay and he was able to change shape and he needed to go back to this protoplasm every 48 hours to kind of rejuvenate his body. Like you're saying the Green mm-hmm. Lantern ring. And then he evolved it where he didn't have to do that. Right. And he was able to shape shift, size, shape, anything he can imagine he can turn himself into. It's like he's right. the DC version of Sandman to a certain degree. That's exactly what, yes. Okay, exactly yeah, very, what. very, you know, limited, I would say, weaknesses. At the time, they always had to put something in there because if not, he would be like the ultimate villain. Right. right? Matt Hagen, you know, had a, a mind for crime, so to speak. Then he has the power to back it up. So he's he gone from being, you know, low-level guy to heavyweight. Uh, and then he's always made appearances in some Batman genre, be it if it's mm-hmm. the video game, be it if it's the new adventures of Batman and Robin with Adam West and Burt Ward doing the voices with Batmite and Batgirl. And I remember the episode, I have him on DVD, where one where he discovers the Batcave because mm-hmm. he's out, he's fighting Batman and Robin, they're chasing him, he, he, he gets away, and he doubles back to the Batmobile, and he goes, and then he, he he morphs himself into the front grill of the Batmobile. So Batman and Robin drive back to the Batcave. When they leave the cave, he unmorphs and goes, oh, so this is the Batcave. Ha-ha! If they could have found a hilarious. way... It, it is hilarious. If they could have found a way to put him on Suicide Squad, come on now. Like I'm right? saying, his powers are very. Can, any team, yeah, can use the, the 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 power of Clayface and basically be a, a, given an an, a, an extra edge on any type of situation. That's how I look at it from that standpoint. And mm-hmm. and it's funny that just a sidestep. You were talking about Sandman when I went and just checked, realizing Clayface came first. December 61, Sandman came in September 63. So about just over a year and a half before someone else came. Now we're just saying, allegedly, you just look at that way. Was that a helpful handoff? Who knows? But you know how, as we've always said, you know, in this particular industry back in the days, it was like tit for tat. Oh, you're not a bad idea. I'm going to, you know what? I'm not using, I'm just using similarities. It's an attribute. Uh Uh-huh. Sand. We'll just leave it at that. It's two copy different sides of the spectrum. There you go. So, copy paste. Um, but it's basically, true. Matt Hagen is is that. So basically, as, as Barry said in the comic books, he was um, he fell into a pool of radioactive protoplasm, and he had to at least very frequently go back to kind of reemerge himself to stay stable and stuff like that in the cartoon. He basically was introduced to this aging cream, Renew You, but basically it did him good, but it turned him more addictive to it, that it would only hold that particular form for a particular while. And Mm -hmm. then he would have to, he would then kind of like, his face now turning into like more muddy clay and starting Mm -hmm. to droop. So he needed, he needed the, he needed the cream to restabilize his, his, you know, his DNA to be able to keep keep and hold a form 
very interesting. And I like, I, I personally, like I said, I like that episode. I love that episode in regards to the way they kind of portrayed him to give you the, the understanding that, hey, this, uh, this character is unique and his power source wasn't through no radioactive type of protocol. I mean, uh, protoplasm or no radioactive pool. Cause I would have think, I would have think, love the English. I would have thought <laughs> that anybody watching, some kid watching, uh, individual watching animated, like saying, so you mean if I find myself a radioactive pool and dip myself, I have the power of Clayface? I got in the radioactive pool, but mom got some stuff on, under the bathtub, above the bathroom, and start putting kettles together? Yeah. X-nay on that. X-nay on that. I don't need Or use your mom's good cream. That's a butt whooping. But that that's exactly it. So the worst case is like mom's cream, you know, it has that, that foundation color. That could huh. be it. Worst case scenario is he gonna he gonna he gonna find out today. Don't play with a mom's very expensive powder. You gonna you gonna find out today mm-hmm. the child will still be alive. That's true. Okay, <laughs> so I see your point. Right. Don't because they want to emulate let's it. Change it up from you know, radioactive to like clay skin you cream. Know, skin cream and the worst case scenario, they just playing in they're just playing in skin cream and just, you know, getting very, very moisturized and his skin is very nice and soft. Dove so I've seen you for a month, Billy. What's going on, Billy? Oh, I got grounded. Well, I thought it'd be like Clayface, so I got my mom's Renew Cream or my mom's, you know, uh, cocoa butter. <laughs> and I put it all over myself. Yeah, I, I use their top brayer, top brand cocoa butter. So, um, you know, the shea butter. Uh, let's just say it, it cost a lot per bottle, and I got grounded. But look how sil- silky smooth my skin is. That's I got the glow. Isn't it? You are the Let last you. dragon. <laughs> Let your soul glow. I know how to go again. Oh, <laughs> so, just to show you the genius of this altogether, once again, now mm-hmm. I, I mentioned where Matt Hagen Clayface came into play. My apologies, mm-hmm. I didn't say who created him. So, who created oh. Matt Hagen? Bill Finger. So, Bill Finger created the first Clayface, Basil. And then 21 years later, he created, he created Matt Hagen. Mm-hmm. So he was the, you know, the writer, as I said, once again, um, behind, behind him. And the artist at the time was Sheldon Moldoff. So that uh, Moldoff. Okay. So Sheldon Moldoff was the artist. Bill Finger was a the writer. They came mm-hmm. up with Matt Hagen. So two times to show you how the importance of a good writer is on a story he took a character that he created 21 years later reinvented the character with the same name different origin backstory for the silver age and we're talking about him today today now in 2023 right bill fingers estate needs to get a lot more money (laughs) a batman property or anything associated has made at this point overall I don't know the number. Uh, it could be billions. And this is the movies, the merchandising, the comics, the toys, right. everything. And Bob Kane's family is doing all right. Bill Finger's family should be doing all right, too. Okay. 100%. Um, yeah, so, we'll say that. Say that. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Okay. Um, I'll be mm-hmm. nice. Now, there, well, I'll go back. There was other, you know, um, clay faces after facts. So mm-hmm. that's so 
Basil Carl was the original. He was he was patient. You know, he was number he was number one, patient zero, so to speak. <laughs> ground zero. Ground zero. Patient zero. Right. Agent zero. Right. Agent zero. So Matt Hagen w- w- would be the first one, but he's the first one with superpowers, right? Uh, uh, Basil right. Carl had no superpowers at all. So Hagen was the first one with superpowers. Now, following that right. up, there was Pain. So Pain, not Bane. Pain, what made it first apparent in. Uh, Detective Comics number 40, 478 in 1978. And he would mm-hmm. go by the name of uh, Fuller. So the reason why is because his full name is, uh, or not his, I nope. gotta, let, me, let me correct myself. It's nope. Sandra Fuller. It's Sandra, yeah. Sandra Fuller. That's it. So you had Sandra Fuller, who was that uh, character that came about. Yeah, then that's, after, the fourth, that's the fourth Clayface. Yeah, yeah, right. And then there was Cassius. Who mm-hmm. showed up in Batman Shadow of the Bat number 27 in May right. 1994. And then there was Russell, who showed up in Catwoman number one in January of 20, sorry, 2002. And then we finally get Williams, who shows up in Batman Gotham Knights number 60 in February of 2005. So that's to show you there. So that we had, you know, um, these characters. Uh, and, and Williams is like the current one right now, uh, I believe it is. So Basil, Baz, okay, right. Uh, so yeah, so the full names are Basil Carlo, Matt, Matthew Hagen, or Matt Hagen. Then it was Bill Payne, so my apologies. Bill Payne, then Sandra Filler, uh, Cassius Pine, so Clay Pine. So Cassius and Preston are related. And then you got Todd Russell, and then Johnny Williams. <laughs> Just a tad. Just a tad. Now, we had something close to a crossover with all the clay faces back in the Detective Comics with Norm Borfogel was doing it. And I love this art. So I remember this because it really stood out to me. And he had all of them crisscross and meeting up with each other at the time when he was doing it before his passing away. We need another clay face war. We've had a Robin war. It's true. We had three Jokers. Everyone was like, okay, who's the real Joker? We got to go back and do another full depth clay face story because one Clayface's powers really make him stand out unique about everybody. Think about it. He's the ultimate infiltrator. He's the ultimate spy. He's strong. 100%. What can break 100%. up clay? You can split him up. He reform, uh, reforms himself. Doesn't matter if he has to be 20 feet tall, 40 feet tall, right? Two feet tall, whatever shape. If there's something, he, if there's a gap, he can slip through it. You know, he right. can turn his body into like spike punching, you know, maces and so forth. He can do it all. And then the other cartoon that I kind of referenced real quick before, the, the Batman. In the Batman, they turned around and made Bennett, which was Bruce Wayne's best friend who was a police officer. They made him Clayface. Mm. In that cartoon. So it was a different version altogether. They made him Clayface. And the only thing that was his weakness really was his state of mind. The more he used the powers, the more it kind of drove him a little bit nuttier. So he went from being a police officer to being a villain, and then he had his redemption arc to become good again, trying to show Bruce he can control the power, he won't go evil, and come back. So, uh, you know, Matt Hagen, to me, is who I envision when I see Clayface. The properties of his body, he's beyond Batman. No, No pun intended in Batman Beyond. What I mean by that is like Batman at one point in the 50s was dealing with a lot of science fiction created criminals getting away from the, you know, the pulp fiction, getting away from the gangsters. And, you know, so your gangsters, your mafia, your kidnappers, your bank robbers, 
Batman was evolving to being bigger than life. Sci-fi was Those really popular in the 1950s. And mm-hmm. that was what that brought into that storyline. Okay, so there, there we go. Clayface, at this point, if they could have gotten him on a good run in the Suicide Squad, be it comic or live air or in a movie, all for it. I, I, well, I think we, you know, sorry, go on, no, Rob, no, what do you say? No, no, go ahead, go, go ahead, finish, finish, finish. Yeah, yeah, so I, 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 to me, I think Clayface is underutilized. The time I've seen him utilized the most was in the Batman Arkham Asylum games or Arkham World mm. games is where you see him come across the most, and I, and I enjoyed it. I mean, I played Batman, I mean, I enjoyed it, I had to fight him, it was pain in the butt, but this is where this character could come in. We are so committed on getting the new characters that the old characters kind of follow side and you miss the magic with them. I would love to see the two originals come back or have Matt Hagen, but still reference the crimes of uh, Basil. Carlo come back. So it's interesting. You say about Basil because there is still one, there's two, there's, there's still one more in, in incarnation of Clayface um, more recently. So if we go with Matt Hagen from the Batman animated and yes, in the comic books and so forth, the most recent type of iteration has been coming in the past, what, two or three years now on the show Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. So they have a Clayface that's on there. That character is actually supposed to be Basil Carlo. But that particular um, Mm -hmm. Clayface has the shape-shifting powers of Matt Hagen. Yes, so because he, that one got the DNA is, from Matt Hagen and kind of, I think, imbued it with himself, and and that's where it kind of comes full circle, which I like. Right, right. So it's very interesting, and this one is, yeah, the little similarities that Basil on this particular incarnation is an actor. He's a thespian actor who's not that great, but he realized, you know, I can. I, I don't mind being a criminal, but I still want to be an actor. I still want to have the joys of acting. I want the and fame. It's, 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 yeah, the accolades. It, but it's hilarious because he has the ability to shape shift into anything. So now you can start pulling on, well, if you have the ability to shape shift into any type of individual, you're not going to be that type of person who's going to have that one dimensional type of character, characterism that you, you know, your monerism is, mannerism is everything is the same. Hey, well, I'm shifting into something else. I may be able to portray that person. So I had liked that they've at least brought this character for this incarnation, but gave him the realizing, well, you're going to be, you're an actor at this point. So you need to have some type of skill. Who was the closest that we've had from previous? At least on the lore is Basil. So now you are now Basil, Carlo, and you are now uh, a thespian actor, but you have the ability to shape shift into any individual again infiltrator he has the ability to be that he's he could be one of the best agent basically to be to 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 be walking on the faith of the earth of the dc lore in that regard in that regard yes 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 because you know when every time he talks normally he's fine but when he tries to act it comes off flat that's how the character is so Mm -hmm. here's my whole thing you see and and now getting back to what you say so let's look, and, and, and I'll deviate for half a second. We look at Changeling, Beast Boy from Teen Titans, Titan, Titan, Teen Titans West, when he made his first okay. appearance. You know, he's in uh, Young Justice, right? Or, you know, Titans Go. We know who we're talking about. The green shapeshifter. There we yeah. go. 
So his whole original origin story, you will generally seeing saying, is he came out, he got a shape shifting powers, he wanted to be good, he gets on a TV show, and he becomes an actor. So he goes up there and he's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm Beast Boy. So yes, he started off with Doom Patrol. He comes in and he says, well, I want to be an actor. So he uses his shape-shifting abilities to be an actor on a sci-fi show that's very... Now, a lot of people compare it to Star Trek. Yeah. I would digress and compare it more to Space 1999 because in Space 1999, they did have a character who was a shape-shifter on the show. On the cast, right? There's no shape-shifter on the main cast in Star Trek, but they were exploring. But in Space mm-hmm. 1999, Runaway Moon, Moon Base Alpha, they come across an alien race. This girl, she's a shapeshifter. That's who she is. So he plays that role. And the fact that he's able to shapeshift into any animal they need at the time, he makes a killing. Now, he might not be the best actor. He was a teen, he was a, a teen actor making money, fame, and that's how he got by it. This is where Changeling and Clayface should have a little bit of a head-to-head because they're both shapeshifters to different degrees. Mm-hmm. It's both more they are thespians. One made it and one can be jealous. Why he I get see. on TV and I did it? I see. I see. You see what I'm talking about? There's, see, I'm a comedian. There's a ton of comedians out there, but only a, and let's be real, only a small select few will make it really... On the, I've got a Netflix special, and I'm living this lifestyle, mm-hmm. like a Kevin Hart lifestyle, Eddie Murphy lifestyle, you know, Jerry Jerry Seinfeld lifestyle, Jay Leno. There's only a small few that are going to make it to that point, realistically yep. speaking. You're, there's different levels of success, and you judge it for what you want it to be. Matt wants to be on the big screen, right? Beast Boy, change. he made it to the big screen. He made it on a TV show, and that's what his claim to fame is. So they're both shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Hagen or Basil Hollow with the, with the the true Clayface powers is a better shapeshifter. He can change into anybody or anything. Right. But this guy who who's green all the time, who can only turn into animals, makes it. Come on now, where'd I go wrong? Where'd my agent screw me over? So, I get back to your point. He could be this much better. It just shows you that he's not as good as he hoped to be. He's chasing a dream mm-hmm. that he will never attain a certain level because he doesn't have, as a, the producer say. The ick factor, the it factor, right? Where you walk into a room and people feel your presence, you feel your aura, right? Right. He doesn't have it. He flies under the radar, and because he's so caught up in his head that that's the only thing he can do, he misses out on this opportunity. The opportunity for me is if you walk into a room and you're not noticed, and you're a shapeshifter, subterfuge, be a spy, shapeshifting anybody, and this is what I made that comment before. About the you know uh, 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 Patterson playing Batman, Robert Patterson playing Batman. If you like it or not, mm-hmm. you no. Know, but the, how the storyline was written, that Batman was written as a detective, and as a detective, right. I think. And so here's my my theory of how to bring this about. I would love to see Clayface portrayed in a Matt Reeves world because he's got it more the detective from the first movie, and and I think that's what he wants to stay with more the detective aspect. That's just instead of the over the top action aspect, even though it has action in there. Bring Clayface in as a villain, but he's not going to be shape-shifting to the size of a building trying to destroy it like Godzilla hitting Tokyo. You, you just don't know who Clayface is, and he's got to try right. to put the pieces together to confront him. And when he does, well, then, of course, you know there's a big fight. The action sequence might come out a couple of times. How does Batman, man in a costume and gadgets, deal with someone that can 
alter his body to that size and anything. Right. And I think that's right. the beauty of it right there. So I know I'm jumping ahead, but yeah, that's, that's how I like to see it come across. Um, and that's, I think really would play out to me live action, right? One, that's how you can incorporate someone for like live action beast boy from Titans, keep that same actor, bring him over, put him in Matt Reeves, you know, at least mention him, but mm-hmm. either bring in Basil or Matt Hagen, more Basil Carlo. But still, you have to mention some of the other ones. I just can't mention one. That's the whole thing is that you don't want to just mention one right. and forget the others. And and really, I would see a Batman movie play out where you would have the one main actor, so you know his original look, and say, hey, he can change bodies. And you have to get, I don't know, 20 different actors of all ages, portray, all genders, portray, yeah. portray him in certain scenes. Say, oh, well, he can't hold the shape more than... Maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes when he takes on someone's other physical appearance. And how many times, how much fun would that be that you see the actor portraying him and it's like, oh, geez, I just robbed of this or Batman's looking for me. And next thing you know, you see, you know, Batman looking and it's like, what happened here, Richard or Gordon? And you're seeing some little Asian kid walking out. And you're like, all right, you go about your business. You're not going to think that's Matt Reeves. And the audience wouldn't even know who it is because you see him, it goes to Batman. And Commissioner Gordon, it flies, flashes back, and you're seeing people walking out. So you have to really pay attention as a viewer to the screen to say, okay, well, who was in this what, scene? You know, right. there's what the, was he carrying? Was he carrying anything particular that doesn't right, change? Right. Is he carrying a particular backpack or a suitcase? So if right. you see, you know, a 12 year old walking out with a, a briefcase as fans, you're like, oh, 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 there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. But as the characters in there, they would not know. They're like, oh, that character's carrying a briefcase. Or he has on yeah. a certain bracelet that he always keeps on. So that's right. that's my two cents. That's the tell. Who I that's the tell. That's, that's, that's the tell sign. That's the tell sign. Yes. yes. For the audience that's to know, but sign. you have to bring in a lot of actors. They don't have to have speaking roles. Just, and mm-hmm. they don't have, and they have to be different. They, they got to be all different. I don't care if you right. bring in as a white, black, male, female, Asian, uh, Greek, Jewish, Ukrainian, 100%. transgender. That, that uh, trans- will show, I, I really don't show care. The range. It'll show the range of his powers and give you the understanding that he can literally be unstoppable if he really focuses. You, it'd be hard to. You really have to be watching for tell tell tags to know. Oh, he walks with a limp. Oh, wait a minute, is that? You turn away, see someone else, but he still still walking with a limp. But a different individual, but. It'll, it'll be the same way, like, uh, think of it. I just saw the vision. Mystique in X Men when yes. she got she got she got hurt by Wolverine. Yes, you saw her got stabbed up with a per se and everything. Like next time, she's like, oh, we got we need a medic here, and all you see is the three three shots and 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 Adamant's like saying that's a mistake. Yes, exactly. I, they have to do it with more range. When I say get twenty actors, just oh, yeah. to do. Walk by scenes. I mean, twenty. Because well, usually, what happens in the movies, they only get like two or three, and then they right. do it. No, I want twenty. So you don't know who's walking down the street, walking the building looking just, one way. The original actor comes in, walk out the building looking a different way. It, it, it can be it, done. With they and and it can be done. It has been done. Now it hasn't been done by DC, but it has been done by Marvel or in yes. AKA Fox when it was again back to X Men. You know, Future Past. Similar, like I thought of it, and I and I combined the two different two different versions. 
So I was thinking of the original X-Men movie, mm-hmm. but then I really was thinking about Future Past is when she got she, when she got attacked by uh, Magneto um, outside of the, the not the Kremlin, but the, you know, with all with all the press and everybody outside when he was basically just trying to get that bullet out of her leg and she was walking. And then when you see a scene, she's she changed to a, a black girl, black lady with, yes. with an afro. And then she yes. changed to a guy with a jacket, with a hat and whatever the case would be. So. It's not saying that you can't do it. It has been done. It can be easily be written into any storyline that you can have a, an individual, again, mystique. Oh. It's just the, the thespian person who has the ability to shapeshift is a.k.a. another version of mystique who has the ability to alter their appearance. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. All right. So let's get down. So I get my theory about it. So, Rod, how mm-hmm. would you like to see this portrayed? And who would you fan cast for this, you know, regardless of how you want to adapt it? You know what? I, I was, I was, to me, the majority of this would be CG. So it's going to be voice. We're having a voice actor because okay. we would have the initial having him as, as an individual. We'll have scenes as an individual, but you know, you really want to see Clayface in Clayface formation. That right. means okay. going to be CGI. So we're going to have a voice actor for that. Mm-hmm. Um, who I would like, and I'm kind of, kind of, you, you kind of did touch on it for half a second just earlier. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know me, I don't normally go a hard left like this, but I would actually like to see um, Jamie Fox. And the reason why I would like to have Jamie Fox, because I'm now trying to, I'm trying to create recreate merge matt H- hagan and and boris okay uh, carlo, uh basil carlo into one yeah, so i'm okay. looking for, i'm looking for the person because again to me if he's going to be clayface and he has the ability to shapeshift he has to be able to take on different you know representation shape shifting into different individuals he's going to have to be the portray if you're going to i know i keep saying infiltrate that's why it was always been my head because this character this person who i wanted to be but he's going to have to be able to if he's going to be a, a little girl he's going to have to know how to talk and act like a little girl uh be a teenager if need be be an older an older you know gentleman an older individual a young person you know what i mean so you have to be able to have the vocals to do that mm-hmm. jamie fox has the range he has the range. He was playing. Um, he was playing. You know the timid um, character in Electro. Yes. And I can't remember the name right now, and I feel so bad. I, I I just thought of it earlier. But he had he had the ability to turn that, and then we switched over to be quote unquote Electro. Yeah, that that was problems. That that was problems right there. He's also had the ability. You know, again, he is from. He's had so much like day shift. Oh, we're going to talk late as of late. We, you know, he is, you know, Max, Max Dillon. Sorry, that was it. Max Dillon for Electro and, and Spider Man yes, No right, Way Home. Right. Um, Django. You know what I mean? He's, he's had these types of characters where he could, he has the range to be that timid little person, to be someone who's bold in your face, to be a thespian if need be, and, and so forth. So, but I like what you said in regards to, having other individuals portray 
like actually having physical other individuals. Now, my mind, because I don't want to pull too much away from Jamie being the main. Right. Character, the main maybe, um, embodiment of Clayface. Mm-hmm. But I would do just like the mystique from future past. You have different people, you know, just to stand in for a quick shot, turn back to to whoever, whatever the case to be. And if you do go into a shape shift, then you can have Jamie do the voiceover for that type of scenario, if needed. Yeah, I got but you. We know that Jamie has the ability to to alter his voice and make himself a different type of character. I, I would I would like that. I would like to see I would like to see him portray uh Clayface. Nice, nice. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. I see where you're going. I got you. Now you you almost touched on something that I was going with, right? For half a second. So here's how I see it. I would still see it in a Matt Reeves universe, but I think that we will function best, right? I'm still sticking with my mm-hmm. 20 actors and you know my main yeah. actor. So the actor that I want to play Clayface on the big screen, you know, or or live, I should say. But yes, definitely on the big screen because that's where I'm going. So I had to look at my notes because I had to save the name of this actor. And the cool thing is about this actor is he's already played screen. Well, he's playing Clayface right now. So it's the actor Alan. Uh, Alan. Alan. Alan I think of Alan. Yeah. So. He, he, and Alan has done a ton of stuff. He's done, you know, he's been in the Avengers movies. He's he's done that, you know, uh, that show what Secret Alien, where residential or yeah. uh, Resident residential. Alien, yeah, right. So he's done all these characters. He he's really good at playing it, and he's got the voice. So here's here's my whole thing. I would throw Alan in there, right, and even play off a couple of things of, of one of. Alan will be the Matt Hagen Clayface. Let's say Matt Hagen is, um, he becomes Clayface. Why does he become Clayface and take on the name Clayface? Because he's been a fan. Because all movies and genres have fans, no matter if they're great movies or bad movies or, or so forth. So he is a horror fan of the original Basil Harlow. He might have okay. the VHS home and he watches these movies over and over again and think this character is really cool. And this character never got a break and he should be further than where he is. So that's where, and when he finds out and gets the powers of anything and maybe it'll change, he takes on the name Clayface because one, he likes that actor. Step one. Step two is now Batman's out there. He's doing his thing. Everyone is, who's Batman? He goes out and meets, you know, maybe the Falcons or whoever is left from that family or run crime mobs and says, how can I use my skills? I, I, I like Matt Hagen. Sorry. I like, um, Basil Carlo, he's an actor. I tried doing some, uh, you know, amateur theater myself. It just didn't go anywhere. But now I got these powers. I can shapeshift. Haha. Mm-hmm. You know what? Screw this. You want to know who Batman is? I'll find out who Batman is. That's the motivation now between the two of them battling wits. So they're right. trying to find out who the other person is while protecting right. their own secret identity. Motivation is one is trying to protect his identity and stop him from doing crimes. The other one's doing crimes to bait Batman to come out to see if he can track him and follow him and find out who he is. At the same time, you get Alan who's already playing him. Get Alan to play him. Uh, um, get Alan to play Clayface, but get him to play the Matt Hagen version. But when he goes out in public at times, maybe he turns around and he changes his face to the Basil. Like the Basil. Like, look, 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 he looks like Basil. Or say okay. that, that Alan goes out, and when Alan is out, maybe Alan has a completely different look as Matt Hagen because he's so 
enamored with Basil Carlo that he makes himself look like Basil to get that attention. So when people see him walking down the street, it's like, you look a lot like that actor that used to play Clayface like 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. You mean oh, Basil Carlo? Yeah. Oh, I get that a lot. So that's how convoluted I'm going. Have Alan be himself in human form. But you right. find out that his human form really is him using his play face powers to make himself look right. like the actor that he grew up watching years ago, who was the original Clayface. He takes on that name. So one, you get to hold on what Clayface would have looked like, Basil Carlo would have looked like. You never right. see what Matt Hagen looks like. Because you could say maybe Matt Hagen's disfigured. So even he's forgotten what he looks like. So his his go-to form is that. Uh, so that's how you get the two to tie together. That's how you get the history from the first one. And his motivation is, well, he's got a little bit of dark side. He's, you know, wants to find out who Batman is. And mm-hmm. that's where the fight goes back and forth. Uh, and then, of course, the last part of it. So you don't need the CG too much because he uses powers very subtle. Right. As okay. the movie goes okay. on, it escalates and escalates till, till Batman you know, Robert Patterson realizes he's fighting Clayface. And then, you know, the big battle's got to be an over-the-top battle where it's heavy CGI with Alan's voice, but you see Clayface in his clay form at the end. That is the crescendo you hit right there, and you're like, <gasps> holy crap, and let the two of them really go at it. Okay. Let me let me add to that, because my mind was thinking along that line, and I was literally thinking about Alan, because he's already there. So my mind was thinking he's already voicing but I know he was coming from the voice aspect of uh, the Harley Quinn, you know, the more, you know, thespian type. So I'm like, yeah. I, I just thought people, just me, my head was thinking like, why aren't you doing that? You would expect that from him. But then my whole thought was actually to have, um, just all saying the merging of both. So yes. I didn't say it, but my idea was really was thinking along that line that, I wanted to find an actor who is, and this is, let me just say this out as, as out of respect. This is no, nothing me mean towards Alan or anything like that. Any of the actors. No, no, but the part I'm going to say, the part I'm going to say is that I wanted to have someone who, who's acting. So don't get anybody vexed acting that you are uh, an actor on the downhill of your career. You're willing to do anything type of, you know, just to get a paycheck, you know, you're still trying to, you're trying to make it out on, you know, still trying to, I got another break. I'm sure I got, I still got something. I still got some legs underneath me to make another break, but you're doing anything and everything and anything to, you know, to survive. You now walk into to the storyline, like of the Batman animated that you basically pick up a job doing commercials for, cause now we got to figure out how did he get the powers? If we're going to go in a realistic world, that's hmm. why he, falling into a chemical vat in DC world. We did that with Batman. I mean, we did that with Joker, but now it wasn't in bat. It hasn't been in, in Patterson's world as yet, no. but we've already accepted one person doing that. Okay. We can't make it seem like every criminal is going to fall into a bat, you know, and just get themselves. How come your skin didn't turn white? And I got, I got, I got muddy and you got white. That makes no sense. So, huh. you know, the kind of scenario. So let's go that someone is making some very futuristic George Jetson type of cream that they know is very harmful, but I'm going to take the chance and sell it out to the public. And basically, now we're going into the animated type of world that basically you're, you know, you're getting disfigurement, and then you basically, the only way you can sustain is that you take more of the cream, and then you got double cross, they stuffed it down your mouth, something along in the realm. Yes, 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 yes. 
then basically my mind was thinking along the line that if anything, he's now, like you said, he's in the actor's form, AKA within that's Clayface, but he will maintain that. So it wasn't a bad, I thought that I'm like, ah, cool. But I want, I definitely want to see the Clayface act, um, attribute. So that's why I kind of pulled away. slightly. Like, but I'm hearing you. I'm like, dang, he's just sounding practically what I was saying. So I'll just say, adding to yours, that makes sense that you will have the actor as that. But that's the storyline because let's figure out how did he get the powers. We don't have to do a full flashback. No, nope. we can just show that again because you you said right. Let Matt Hagen be the figure. He doesn't remember what he looks like, but he always have these. This is the actor that brought me into want to be an actor, Basil. So I'm going to take on Basil's uh, persona. And his face, yes. I remember him more than I really remember myself. Because really and truly, how often, well, although he's an actor, yes, you see yourself in the mirror. But if you're watching and yeah, studying. Yeah, sometimes people don't like the way they look. I wish I was taller. Right. I wish I was a baller. I was, you know, look at that rapper, right. too 100, short. 100%. People want to be but, taller, slim, slimmer, more, more muscular, uh, more of a tan. So it, it may not even be disfigured. He just didn't like the way he looked. I'm not saying he's even ugly. He just might not like the way but, he looked. But, 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 like, in his own mind. In his own mind. In his own, in his own mind, mind. Yes. In right. his own mind, he's like, oh, I hate when I, I don't like to say my shape of my nose, my mouth, and my eyes, you know. But, but this actor, he was such a good-looking guy. I wish I was like him. I could get a lot of girls if I was like him. Oh, wait a minute. I have the power to change into what he looked like even the last 20 yeah. years ago? Oh, I'll do it. Listen, if, he's, if, he, if he really was a fan, fan of Basil, and although you're an actor, whatever case it be, you're watching more, more material than watching yourself on, on, on a mirror. So you kind of forget what you look like per se. Unless I had a camera here, I'm not going to remember my full features of what I look like because I'm not watching myself on a daily basis. But if I'm watching from my own eyes, I'm watching TV, I'm watching Basil, that's more inscribed in my mind. So when I just like, ah, I need a, I need a mirror to see myself to remember what I look like. But you know what? If I'm going to do this off of mental, you know, mental reflexes, Basil, Basil, Basil. Yeah. I'm Basil. And that's it. And he forgets what he really looks like. And that's it. So he will now hold on to that Alan, a.k.a. Basil persona more more often. And then we just segue into how you were going. And then, man, perfect. See? Matt Reeves, reach out to us. We the Iconist Podcast. We just help you there with maybe movie number two or three. Uh, you're right. There you go. Sweet. On that yeah. word, any last uh, notes? Uh, any last words? Um, no. Listen, as we said, man, this character is a very unique one. And... Hopefully you all catch that he has been slept on for about an attributes that he can bring to the table. Not only being a big hulking, you know, uh, enforcer for the legal, just, you know, for whatever team that he's on, exactly. but that he actually has some unique skills, skill sets, have a specific, specific set of skills. And I'll take you out on it. Yeah. Under underused skills, hundred percent can be used. sweet. So yeah, cool. On that note, though, everyone, thank you once again for tuning into the Iconist Podcast. Once again, I am Barry Three D. On my side, as always, Rod C. Heck yes! And remember, this whole world was created by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. We're out. Clay Vice! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to uh, give me some skin cream, man. Uh, kind of rough. Oh.
All right, we good. Rejuvenate. Rejuvenate. Cow dog, take me away. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs>